0: The people. 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 Yo, what's up? Welcome to the People Podcast, Season Two, Episode One. I'm your host, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week is Dylan Tierney. What's up, Dylan?
1: What's up blessing, nice to talk to you. It feels oh, like yeah. we've only known each other even lightly in the last month, but uh things happen yeah. pretty quick around here. I mean, basically, I mean, I met you, I want to say last Was it
0: last week? Either last week or two weeks ago.
1: It I believe it was oh. like last Monday or last Sunday.
0: Yeah. Um at Pax, um which was pretty pretty fun um a good time met, met a lot of people at PAX met a lot of people that I knew from online weirdly enough like Twitter Facebook and yeah I met quite a few people at people at PAX you're one of them um and what were you doing at PAX because you had a media badge so you weren't just like one of the regular people you're walking around <laughs> doing important stuff apparently
1: I was uh covering PAX for the website I write for uh stack-up.org or stack up as it's normally called it's a video game military charity. Um, and uh, the site mainly sends care packages and the like to uh, veterans or people overseas, um, collaborates with organizations like the Wounded Warrior Project, but uh, they also run a gaming blog, and I'm one of the editors over there.
0: Nice. Um, what? Do you, so I'm going to get into that, because that actually sounds really interesting. Um, before I do, though, uh, I just want to let people know that uh, The People is a show about people. Uh, this is the first episode of season two. And so that means that one, we're back. Two, I want to switch things up for this season. And so this season is going to come back um a lot. It's going to be different. Uh, I want to do it bi-weekly instead of weekly because I have other shows I'm doing. Um, And the other show that's running uh, in tangent with this one every other week is Throne Watch, which is the music podcast. There's also OK, okay Beast, which is the main gaming podcast for OK Beast. Um, But if you want to learn more about those, you can go to the website, OKBeast.com. This is The People. Uh, The People is a show where I bring on a different person every week, or every other week, sorry, every episode. And we basically just talk about them, get to know them, uh, because I believe that every day we walk by people we pass people on the street see people on the bus but we never get to actually know these people um and in every person there's an interesting story um i in my opinion i feel like most people in the world probably 99 percent of the people in the world are more interesting than i am uh (laughs) and that's because i already know myself i know all the things about myself i know i like to podcast i know i like to write i know i like to uh, to dance i know these things about me already There are whole universes and different people that I don't know. Uh, Dylan, for example, I didn't know that he wrote for a website um, that does these care packages, which actually sound very interesting. Uh, Can you elaborate? What is this website? How did you get involved with it? Um, What do they do there?
1: Uh, Sure thing. Uh, StackUp was founded last year uh, by uh, Steve Shanghai Six Machuga. He was a veteran who served uh, in Iraq um, over a dozen years ago. And he started a a charity known as Operation Supply Drop. Um, And around last year uh, or so, he was kind of booted out of the company, and I had previously worked with Operation Supply Drop. Now, I don't know all the fine details about the wins or whys, but I don't believe that uh, Mashuga was in the wrong in that case, so I kind of just followed him to whatever he was up to next, and lo and behold, he started another video game military charity um nice so and and i wish nothing but the best for the folks at operation supply drop you know i was not involved with any of that stuff and at the end of the day we're both helping you know veterans and people overseas so there's no bad blood on my end at the very least
0: mm. yeah you're both doing good things for the world and so
1: i'm trying I'm try to do what i can um yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I mainly, uh, it's a volunteer position, but I do sometimes get games in advance and will represent them at places like PAX. And, um, nice. Had a lot on my plate this year, but I made sure to carve out time for some kind of funny stuff, some IGN things, and obviously just meeting up with friends.
0: Because that's, nice.
1: that's honestly my favorite part of PAX, is the people, more so than even the games or the events or what have you.
0: Yeah, I think I learned that actually this PAX also. Because I went mainly for the experience, mainly because PAX is a thing that's talked about um, all over the internet in the gaming sphere, and I'd I'd never experienced one before this one, Um, and I was just very curious, and I wish I could do it over again, because if I could, I would hang out with people a lot more. I mean, I did hang out with people, I I, I did make some new friends, I spent the whole weekend hanging out with people, but if I knew that... I could um, meet so many like-minded people. Meet so many other people that are f- that are either fans of IGN or Podcast Beyond or kind of funny. Like there are so many kind of funny people there, and I didn't realize it. I thought there were like ten of us there. There are no. like hundreds <laughs> of us there, uh, yeah, which I didn't to realize. Fill I most didn't... Of a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that until until the kind of funny panel, uh, where yeah they filled most of that room, which was like it was a huge theater, um, and yeah they filled it, and so. That was crazy to me. I even like b- before I left, uh I saw one girl wearing a kind of funny shirt. Um huh. and this was on Monday and I was and I was about to leave the hall but I was like, you know what? I should say what's up to her because I've only talked to like I talked to Zeiger, I talked to Kaylee Woomer. I ta- and I hung out Shut I hung up. out with multiple people. Uh yeah, shout outs to them. And yeah, and those were people I already knew uh from Twitter or whatever or wherever you find kind of funny people at Twitch um but yeah this is like a random girl that i was like you know what i don't know who this girl is i never i never met her um and i mean i was on my way out so i didn't have time much time but i went over and I, and I said hey i like your shirt what's up my name is blessing what's your name she told me whatever her name was i can't really remember i think it was madison um and yeah it was like just a quick thing i was like oh yeah cool hey that's awesome that you like kind of funny and stuff and i dipped but yeah that's it's so weird to find people that are into the same thing that you are is, was this your first packs that you went to
1: uh, no, I've been to one previous PAX Prime and two previous uh, PAX Easts, um, and nice. I'm going to try and go back to East because Boston's just a different flavor than Seattle. It's a lot more compact, and you know where you're going. Seattle, a lot of it for the first couple of days, even for me who's been there before, is walking around, getting into the scenery, so you know where to go. So you're not just wandering around trying to find the Sheridan or you know the Hyatt or wherever that may be, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> so that yeah, makes sense yeah like pax is generally a highlight for me when it comes to trips and stuff and i can't afford too many of them i'm gonna like it, it when it comes to, like pax you know i'll either go to pax east or i'll go to kind of funny live 3 and based on my experience of pax prime or pax west is called now, actually um i'm kind of leaning towards kind of funny live 3 if i can get a couple more of my friends uh local friends to come along
0: nice yeah, those that's a that would be a difficult decision. Um, I I think I'd probably end up going to kind of funny live instead. But I I was really excited for PAX, just for the the bigger breadth of things there, and I feel like PAX is a little bit more. Uh, th- there's more opportunity to like meet people and hang out with people. Um, for sure. I I yeah, and I got to like talk to Greg and and uh, not really Colin Tim a lot, um, which is cool. And that's something you wouldn't be able to do at kind of funny live. Uh, but kind of funny live does have. Uh, that specific group of people there that are, that are into uh kind of funnier part of that fan base. And so, I mean, either one, I think both are awesome. Um, right. How long have you been
1: into video games and writing games, <laughs> writing about games? I've been writing about games um, 22 right now. And I started when I was 17 um, for Operation Supply Drop uh, back in the day. This is about 2009. Uh, no, nice. no, wait, actually... I'm trying to do the math in my head. Let's see. Five years, so actually 2011. Um, okay. So I've been doing writing in a semi-professional capacity since then. And in recent times, I've been trying to break into freelance and stuff. But it seems like a lot of people are doing that. So I'm trying to hone my craft a bit and f- try to break the mold of traditional sort of uh, freelance pitching and, and stuff like that. Like I'm trying to go a little bigger and... And, -hmm. like, cover issues – like, here's just something I'm working on is uh, what people don't really realize about esports and, like, small-time esports teams and how it's actually pretty shady when you get down to the, like, local levels of scenes. Because I know a couple people who are on these, like, low-level teams. And, you know, they're not paid well. They don't get most of anything paid for. A lot of times they have to pay their teams to stay on the team with – tournament winnings and stuff and this is like a lot of there's a lot to unpack about this story which is why I'm trying to hone it into something very specific and I honestly mm-hmm. think it would be it would find a good home at like vice or something so
0: nice that's yeah I feel what you. I'm for. I'm I'm similar in in some ways I'm also 22 um, All right. I've been writing I've been writing I wouldn't call myself professional I've been just writing uh, for quite a few years um, I'm actually more of a creative writer I spent a lot of my teen years writing poetry. Uh, and performing spoken, word, performing spoken word um but yeah that's awesome uh when did you first start start playing video games is it a thing that you did when like you came out the womb with an nes controller in your hands or
1: i mean what was it it was so a lot of it was um from a very young age about like two or three um my mom is very close with her family, who lives in Kentucky. Well, I live in Kentucky now, very close to Ohio, but my mom's very close with her Kentucky family, and we would go over to my cousin's house, her her sister's family's house, all the time. And uh, during that time, my cousin, who's only two years older than me, would uh, introduce me to a lot of different video games and a lot of different uh, consoles that he had, because he had a lot of hand me downs from his parents. His parents were big, like, retro gamers. Of course, at their time, it was contemporary, but... Um, so he had Game Boy, he had uh, NES, um, and my first system that I had for myself was actually a Sega Genesis, which people who know me know that I'm kind of a big Nintendo dork. It's funny how my first console was, uh, Sega Genesis and like Sonic the Hedgehog is kind of what I grew up with as a sort of mascot icon kind of thing. More so than Mario. I didn't get into Mario, 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 Mario until like years later. So
0: nice how did that turn into you writing about games
1: uh well while i was in high school you know as many high school nerds do kind of try and figure out who they are as a person like what do they like to do what what is it in their free time and it wasn't going to be just like playing video games all day for me i found a knack in uh, writing probably around the time i was 15 or so Um, i knew that hey I like writing. Whenever I get these open-ended essay assignments, I always have a good time. Bust them out in about an hour, and it's always really good. So, when I realized that there was actually a field for writing about video games, um, like it, it sort of made me interested in journalism as a whole. So now, you know, X years later, I'm in college. I'm studying uh, journalism and uh, electronic media production. Um, like, behind-the-scenes camera work and stuff, because, you know, I saw some of the writing on the wall throughout high school, like, oh, you can't... It's very difficult just to be a writer. Um, Unless you're a person that's cultivated an audience by yourself, like a Jim Sterling, it's very difficult to just break out and be a full-time writer kind of deal. So I'm like, well, I enjoy video stuff, I enjoy goofing out with friends, let's see what video has to offer. So I also, while in college dipped my are dipping my toes currently in the video side of things so
0: hmm. awesome uh i think me and you are in very similar places uh i mean i think it's very it's for anyone who is into video games and is into the video game media side of things and are interested in getting involved with it uh it is very obvious that like being a writer in the game industry in terms of coverage uh it's very difficult to break into uh because there there is not a huge audience always for that stuff um i think it was vince ingenito uh from ign who i i think i i was i heard a conversation between him and colin moriarty who was formerly of ign now kind of funny and they're sort of talking about video game writing and vincent ingenito is like one of like the remaining writers like he's one of the like one of the dudes who are doing who's doing it like great right now for um sure. And that's like his primary job is writing and reviews and stuff like that. Um, and there, h- him and Colin were just talking about how difficult it is and how much work it is. If you want if you want to break in um, and how hard that how hard so many people are working for it. Uh, what is it that keeps you going? Because I'm also doing the same thing as you are. Right. I'm also I, I also write quite a bit. I also am trying to get into the more video stuff. I'm also doing podcasting as I'm doing currently right now. Um, what is it that keeps you going and keeps you motivated to keep chasing this thing that seems so hard, that seems like so many other people are chasing at the same time?
1: Um, cause like in all honesty, it's all I know how to do. I don't know how to just sort of drop what I'm striving for and pick something safe or something that I know will get me money. Cause I knew going into college, like, um, you know, this isn't going to be your six figure salary kind of job for decades pretty much and the, the reason I just keep going is because like everybody I've looked up to in my life has always had this sort of uh, mantra of going forward and not not letting you know your you get inside your own head and, t- and psych yourself out because I deal with some anxiety issues but you know nothing nothing too severe but enough to knock me off my game sometimes and I know in mm-hmm. my heart of hearts I can't let that get the better of me when it comes to what I want to do with my life And what I want to do with my life is like writing or video or even podcasting, you know, like if if stuff like kind of funny or comedy button or pockets full of soup has taught me anything is that, you know, there is an audience out there that is passionate enough about what they care about to help support you. Uh, indefinitely almost. Just look at uh shout outs to Danny O'Dwyer today, who uh recently left GameSpot and he's starting a website that's just like video game documentaries and like short form documentaries about the people behind the video games. And he's him and his like small team have already in about, I wanna say nine hours gotten ten thousand dollars off Patreon. So it's one of those things where, yeah. you know, obviously he spent time building an audience and like, you know, everybody from Kind of Funny knows him as like, oh, that guy from Fight he's pretty cool. Or people from Giant Bomb know, oh, Danny, like everybody loves Danny. But that's part of the thing is that, you know, there are people out there who will support you. It's just you have to find them and reach them. And that's why I think stuff like Kind of Funny has also worked is because they had the biggest audience. So even if a fraction of a fraction of a percent support them, it's still enough to keep going
0: nice yeah i agree um when you look at people like kind of funny uh and it's also funny because kind of funny has has caused like a ripple effect in terms of getting 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 a niche audience or finding a niche audience and getting them to support you uh, and ingest your content you look at kind of funny you look at easy allies who kind of did the same thing they were with game trailers um, who then kind of fell but then they spawned from it and found that niche audience who would support them uh, same thing with Daniel Dwyer, who at announcement made me really excited, uh, because Daniel Dwyer specifically is a very talented guy, um, and you wouldn't know that if you if you like just like went on Gamespot casually or you weren't really into. Because I'm, I mean, I go to, I go to IGN for most of my news. I go to Kotaku. Uh, I go to Poly. I listen to Polygon's podcasts every now and then. I've never really been into Gamespot. Um, and I mean, there's no re- reason for that except for I just never really went to the website. Um, but when I do check out GameSpot stuff, um, the things I the things I watch from them, it's specifically Daniel Dwyer are awesome. Like Daniel Dwyer, he had his Overwatch series, which was a three part series on the making of Overwatch, um, which which is something I wish we got way more of. And that's something that he's actually providing. Um his stuff is very deep. He knows how to he knows how to make a good quick documentary. Um and I mean it's not necessarily like the highest production, but Daniel Dwyer is talented enough to make something that's quality. Um and he's he's talented on both sides. Like from the narration, from being in front of the camera, also from the production side and editing together his videos, he does an amazing job. And so I'm excited for that. But for you, looking at people either like kind of funny or either like Daniel Dwyer or Austin Walker or these different kinds of people in video game media, um, in the coverage side, is there a certain style that you, that you go for or that you feel like you need to go, go for, are, are you more trying to be like more analytical and deep or are you trying to go for the more entertaining, um, what are you? What are you doing? What's your it, kind of pull? It, it
1: sort of depends on the type of thing I'm writing or producing or something. If you listen to my podcast, which is a P and i I'll get some plugs later in the show. But um, I tend to be a bit more aloof and conversational, and like making jokes every once in a while, but still sort of trying to steer a conversation. Um, but if I'm writing a news post or or a quick like, "Hey, look at this thing that Blizzard's doing with Hearthstone." Um, I tend to not be as jokey. I'm kind of just trying to get the information out there. Where I kind of meet in the middle is some of my long form or like guides for certain games pieces that I'll do from time to time where like I'll have a little bit of that aloofness. But then at the end of the day, I'm providing information that you'll want. Like go back to Hearthstone. If I'm making a guide for this certain archetype, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. And then I'm going to kind of goof around about, oh, isn't this 4-mana this 7-7, seven seven, that's ridiculous, huh, kind of deal. um So it's it's kind of blending my personal flavor with uh, just, like, general information. And I think as I keep writing, like, that's what it is right now. That could very well change in the future depending on what I end up doing. Um, but for now it's sort of finding, like, my voice mixed with a site's voice which ironically enough is what a lot of freelancers are are want to do is put their style mm-hmm. frame it in the context of whatever website you're wanting to publish for like an ign or a device or a polygon
0: nice
1: so outside of video games what do you like to do uh, outside of video games i like to uh watch anime nice. um not a lot of anime generally when i watch anime i'm fixated on one show for a pretty like decent chunk of time like right now i'm watching re:zero mm-hmm. um which everybody should watch it is a very emotional anime series um and i'm not so much into like otaku culture and going to cons like that as much as i just like watching the shows But, um, other than that, Mm -hmm. I'm into, like, music, I'm into a lot of different local rock bands, and, um, like, it's kind of cliche, but I tend to just stick towards rock and heavy metal and stuff, and I, I do try and branch out every once in a while, but nothing I'm super comfortable listening to all the time outside of, you know, hard rock, heavy metal, even some light country, pop mix stuff, um... Like I'm I'm tr- I'm so trying to dance around the everything but country and hip hop, but that's just naturally <laughs> where my tastes sort sort of wander. And I'd love mm-hmm. to listen to more hip hop and rap, but I just haven't sought it out.
0: Oh, I feel you. I'm like this. I'm the same way, except on the opposite side. To where I listen to a lot of rap and hip hop um, and EDM and stuff, but like it's very hard for me to branch out. There are a couple of bands that I do like, um, but they're usually like Christian rock, um, like Thousand Foot Crutch. I love um skillet i like um and there probably a few other bands but the other bands i like are probably a lot more poppy uh what is it that that draws you to that genre of music that you like there's
1: something raw and sort of powerful and heavy metal that i've been into for almost my whole life really that there's just the sort of sound that comes from heavy metal that comes from like rock and roll is something that isn't replicated in a lot of other genres and it kind of gets me going and it kind of gets me pumped and like, you know, I'll have like a workout playlist on Spotify and you know, 95% of it is like heavy metal or like, you know, Pantera, some groove metal, thrash metal from the eighties, nineties, even some early 2000 stuff. It's, it just always uh, sort of like, yeah, I can keep going. You know, it, it almost feeds Mm -hmm. into my philosophy of like never wanting to stop and always kind of pushing forward. Like a lot of hard rock and heavy metal delves into that sort of uh, like methodology when it comes to, you know, keep going, and a lot of the bands I like awesome. just tend to be from the 80s and 90s because that's just again naturally where where my taste sort of shifted. You know, there's stuff I like today, but nothing sort of sticks out to me like those bands of old. Let's say. Mm. Do you feel like
0: your tastes in music says anything about you as a person?
1: I mean, I almost, I almost feel like when I explain my musical interests, I have to put up a disclaimer, like, "Oh, I'm not just this generic kind of metalhead white guy sort of deal." Mm. Um, but most people don't really see it, see it as a, a negative thing anyway. Like, it's just a thing I'm into. Like, music is so diverse, and I've actually talked about this with some friends of mine who are older, like. There's a sound to the 80s, there's a sound to the 90s, but once you get into the 2000s and 2010s, it's very hard to compartmentalize the whole decade as one sound or another. So, like, today, people just listen to a lot more varied types of music. It's not just what's on the radio or whatever, you know? people, Things like SoundCloud and Spotify and even YouTube have a lot of different avenues for a lot of different types of music. So, uh, what it says Mm -hmm. about me, I mean, it just says that... Boringly enough, it just says, like, hey, I'm a guy who likes hard rock and heavy metal, you know?
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, for me, I, I, like I said before, I listen to a lot of rap music. Um, and if if I gave somebody, like, my, my playlist that I listen to and they didn't know me, they'd probably assume something about me. Um, mm. Maybe I'm, like, more of, like, a hood black person or, like, I I, I don't know, like, like sag my pants and stuff. But really, I'm, like, the most nerdy dude <laughs> you might meet. I just, I just enjoy rap music especially like i i mean i like conscious rap um which is like the more lyrical more thoughtful stuff and i also do like the more gangster hard stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean that's it it's just the genre of music i like just like you um if you were to describe yourself as a person how would you
1: (sighs) it's kind of deep um i don't know like hmm I'm I'm not super great at, like, giving myself compliments or hyping myself up as a, this great kind of guy, which is why I've always found things like building profiles and whatnot sort of difficult because it's like, well, like, if you know me, you know who I am. If you know me, you get what I'm about. But on the outside, I kind of just look like I, – I, <laughs> I look like the kind of mm-hmm. guy who's going to complain on Twitter about movies or something, you know? Like, I assume mm-hmm. – that when somebody looks at me for the first time, they just oh this guy must have opinions about that new Ghostbusters something fierce, you know like um, mm-hmm. but that's very much not what I'm about. Um, like I'm for for a lot of media and entertainment, I feel like people just take it way too close to heart and way too uh, seriously when when something that you don't like comes into comes into the fray. Like I don't know. Back to anime and stuff. When that Dragon Ball Evolution movie came out all those years ago, like, I wasn't, you know, hounding the actors and actresses on Twitter. Like, it's just like, oh, this thing sucks. had mm-hmm. eh, moving on. You know? Like, that's... this The culture around, like, entertainment and, like, you know, calling people out and hot take culture, in quotes, from, mm-hmm. like, Twitter and stuff is very disheartening to me. But, like, I, and I guess that's why I try to be such a different person than I appear to be. Um... Because a lot of times I just assume people see the worst in me, um, even though I know that's not the case. You know, generally I'm a pretty well-liked person because I'm not, you know, I don't give people a reason not to believe that. But in, somewhere in the back of my mind, it's just like, hmm, you kind of present yourself like you're just some kind of generic, like, white nerdy dude who's put on a few too many pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I work on that as much as I can. But I guess... uh. If you wanted to put it in a phrase like, uh, "Don't judge a book by its cover," I suppose. So,
0: awesome. So you're you're a lot more easygoing than you appear to be.
1: Yeah, I definitely am. And I don't get me wrong; I do have some moments where I tend to flip out, but generally, that's you know more isolated, and I'm just you know by myself or something. Or you know, usually I have an outlet to deal with that, either writing or working out or something or other, or even just bullshitting with friends. You know um Mm -hmm. so i do have my emotional moments but i i tend to try and keep things laid back and easy like you know a little meta but i my laptop like broke on me today and it's like well i could freak out about it or i could just kind of roll with it figure out what i need to do and go from there and i chose the latter and i think i'm much better off for it
0: nice yeah i think we're pretty similar in that regard to where I'm pretty, I mean, I don't think I appear to be the kind of guy that um, comes out and, like, complains about everything. Even though some sometimes I do complain about everything, but <laughs> I don't really, I, I, it depends on the context. Right. Um, But, yeah, I do, I am very easygoing as far as things going wrong. And so if my laptop were to, like, break right now, I wouldn't, like, really sweat it too much. Just things happen. Right. Um, And I'm very, like, even-toned as far as that uh but as far as like i don't know movies i've seen movies i see that either suck or like a game i play that sucks or something like that i mean i might talk about it on twitter i might not um lately i've been into the habit of like talking about a lot of things on twitter um mainly because i found it's I, I i i usually don't say anything that's over the top or anything that's too far i don't think and so um as far as staying in the realm of what's appropriate to say or what's critical or what's mm-hmm um uh constructive uh it's usually a healthy way for me to get my thing my thoughts out or my emotions out um but yeah man that's awesome yeah. uh if you had to tell me your two best traits and one bad trait what what would those be
1: um alrighty. my i think one of my best traits is that uh when when a problem arises, I'm very quick to nail down what it is, and if there's people involved, I will tell them what's wrong. Like, I'm a very forward and, like, honest person in that regard. Like, if there's something up, I'm I'm telling you what's up right then and there, and I'm not just going to let it fester or wait. Because, like, there's been instances in, in school where, you know, like, I'm hanging out with friends, and clearly somebody has beef with somebody else. And if I'm hearing about it for weeks on end, and they're not resolving anything, like... I'm just sick of hearing of it. You you need to, like, figure shit out because, like, we're friends and that's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm honest in that regard um, in that I just want to – I'm kind of quick to solve problems. And that almost leads into one of my vices, I'd say, where I tend to want to have things be perfectly sort of in place and working and as it should be. I'm – Like if people are having problems, sometimes you just have to let that stuff go and let them resolve it themselves. And I tend to try and be a bit of a mediator more often than I should. Um, So it's weird. It's like two sides of the same coin, but you could construe it as like a good thing and a bad thing. Um, But I guess Mm -hmm. I just always try to put stuff in its place, even though it sometimes needs to fall to you know pick itself back up and be better. Um, But one more good thing about me, um, let's see. Um, this is almost too broad, but I always try and leave a place, uh, better off than when I found it. I always try in conversations Hmm. and meeting people and just try and do good in this world because I see far too many examples of that not happening and people trying to just mess things up or do something bad for this one person just because you really want to like stick it to them. Um, but even on places like internet forums and stuff where it doesn't really matter if I do or not. It's just, I try and be Mm -hmm. a better person. I try and stick up for people who I think deserve to be stuck up for. I, you know, even as something as innocuous as the kind of funny forums, like when when stuff inevitably explodes about every beginning of the month about the PlayStation Plus games, it's like, guys, take a step back, you know, (laughs) count to 10, PlayStation Plus is going to be there when you get back, everything's going to be fine. You know, like I... I always try to uh, bring an air of optimism to a place where sometimes there isn't a lot of. So,
0: awesome, yeah. I mean, I I can I can tell you right now that I like you more <laughs> right now than before this podcast started. I mean, not that I didn't like you before; I liked you before. But I see what you're trying to say. I, I like you more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one more question uh, sure, before we end, um, and we'll get we'll get plugs in there and stuff. But, um, crap! What was my question? I had a question. Uh oh, uh something unique about you, uh that's different from anyone else or most people.
1: Something different, uh, from most people to uh, that is unique to me. Um, let's see. I'm honestly just looking around my room right now to to get a little (laughs) bit of inspiration, but um, just anime posters everywhere. (laughs) Um. i'm trying to think of something different for most people like i'm eyeing tattoos at the moment and i don't think people would figure me for the tattoo type um i was Mm. talking about this on one of the kind of funny groups but i want to get this giant effing metroid uh tattoo like across the top of my arm um that'd be sick and yeah like i know exactly what i want i just know it's gonna take a long time probably be sort of expensive but yeah, I'm in tattoos, and, like, tattoo culture is something that's actually very interesting to me. Like, there's something to be said about art that you want put on your body forever. There's something that – there's a story behind every tattoo, you know, be it tragic or happy or awesome or, you know, disappointing or something, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So even even just talking to women and stuff, like, I've always found – or and, and, and men, too. Like, it's always been interesting to see what is the impetus for – like, getting that on your skin forever, and Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, and I'm looking to get one soon for myself.
0: What would be, uh, why would you get the Metroid one specifically?
1: Uh, Well, Metroid is my favorite video game franchise of all time. I've played every game, every fan game, every sort of uh, iteration and remake, you know, I'm... (laughs) I'm going to get Federation Force eventually, but, you know, mm-hmm. little not as high on my list as others. But it's just my favorite franchise, and it speaks a lot to me about, like, the, the artistry and artorship that video games had even back in the day. This is, like, you know, 1985, 1986, and they wanted to craft this world that was influenced by the likes of Alien and clearly wearing it on its sleeve. You know, that's why Samus is a woman and all, but yet throughout the years has kind of grown into its own thing and yeah you know it's it's seen better days but it's also seen worse days um and it's you know through it all it's been one of my favorite franchises of all time despite mm. my earlier spiel about being a sonic kid but you know so yeah, oh, yeah yeah it's and it's also this cool looking thing it's not just like a metroid or like samus's armor like it's this cool puzzle piece looking thing from one of the metroid prime games So, like, a little bit of it is me being, like, oh it's it's artsy, and, like, it's not just a Metroid, you know? Like, it's something Mm. different. It's, like I said, it's almost like a puzzle. Like a puzzle on my skin kind of deal. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't tell anyone this, but I want to get a tattoo. I mean, everybody's going to hear this. Uh, (laughs) I want to get a tattoo of, like... The Mar- from Mario three, I want the I think it's Tanuki. Oh no, it's not Tanuki. It's the 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 squirrel. It's the flying suit. I want to say I that can is can't Tanuki, what it is, but is it Tanuki? That's the, like, I want to get the ear, yeah. the ears and the tail Ooh. tattooed on my arm, like small. Yeah, um, I think that'd be cool. But t- Dylan, thank you for joining me. Anytime. um what where can people find you if they wanted to find you?
1: Uh all right, you can find me uh on Twitter. I'm at Tierney, which is T I E R K N E E. Um you can find my podcast at pnbcast.wordpress.com. Uh we took a little bit of a break because most of the members went to Pax and couldn't find time to like cobble some episodes together, but we'll be back uh this Friday for sure. Um you can find me um, at stackup.org, stack, stack dot, excuse me, stack-up.org, um, I'm writing stuff pretty much every day now, I'm still burning through a lot of packs coverage, you'll see a lot of previews and stuff, I'll squeeze some news in here and there when I can, um, in the next couple months, expect a lot of Pokemon content from yours truly, uh, and, um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, if uh, anybody if anybody listening, you know, follows Comedy Button or kind of funny or Laser Time or Giant Bomb, you know, I'm in a lot of those circles, so you'll see my name pop up from time to time. Uh But yeah, that'll that'll do it for me.
0: Nice. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome. I, I feel like I've learned a lot about you that I didn't know before. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So Oh yeah, very much appreciate it. Um for the people listening, the people is a show about people uh every other week every other wednesday a new episode posts um so if you want to learn about people if you want to hear interviews if you want to get to know somebody in society and get to know them deeper and more intimately uh and you know just get to love them more i'm trying to, i'm trying not to make this too much of like a cutesy like whatever podcast but the, this is being relaxed mode i just got home from work and so it is what it is conversational uh, podcast. you can it's a conversational podcast uh the people is a show about people once again um if you like that you can subscribe to us on itunes or your podcast service of choice uh visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeast now on twitter um the people is a okbeast okay podcast and so yeah it's been awesome um thank you so much again dylan um we, we will see the rest of you guys again next episode in two weeks thanks for joining us the people the people, the people. The people.